The gatherings of God, the resurrections. We started this and I'd hoped to be able to go consistently one after the other for four weeks straight. But the first one we did was back at Easter time. And so it's been four or more weeks since we did the first one. And just as we have gatherings, gathering times on earth called harvest times, so God has gatherings. Whilst we're in Western Australia recently, they were trucking the last year's harvest to port after the cyclone went through and the rains had come. They were all excited and getting last year's crop out of the way so they could get to making preparations for sowing and getting the next crop in and uh, <clears throat> preparations for the new one to come in and um, the trucks were bigger than the trucks around here <laughs> and when you went to pass one you had to have a lot of room quite a few kilometres to get past the truck there was uh, they weren't B doubles they would be triples and, and four, four yeah, yeah there was 52 uh, tires on them and some of them had 82 tires it was one I called it a road truly a road train six bins on a mining truck it come come at us and then it turned in front of us and it just kept coming <laughs> six three sets axles kept coming 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 I thought when's it going to stop and um, <clears throat> harvest time gatherings and God has harvest times and we know that they are going to keep coming they have started they have started and over there there was apple orchards at Donnybrook where I visited my cousin and uh, the apples were ready they were all under the the nets down in below Perth the Donnybrook and there was cabbages there there was collies and carrots south of Perth there's all sorts of and variety. You go north of Perth and there was just sand dunes. <laughs> Nothing much. Quite a variety. It was a bit different to what I imagined over there. In, uh, and my interest was in the farming and the wheat, the wheat belt for those, you guys, <laughs> who farm. And the size, the size of things. The thousands of acres in one paddock. It's just enormous. And the size of the storage facilities out there north in inland a little bit um, <clears throat> but praise God he's given us a wonderful country and in a few years of what 240 years we've we've been here where uh, uh, the the developments that have happened uh, are pretty impressive really God has blessed us well what are we doing spiritually speaking that's all going to be held to account one day harvest time and God is going to give, have us to be reckoned for all the blessings we have. We went down right south to, uh, starts with A, Albany. Albany, thank you. You didn't even get there. <laughs> but Albany and the harvest of whales. We went through the whaling station there. And they have video, actually. They didn't stop until the 70s, 1970s, where they harvested about 1,200 whales a year in the big tanks. They're still there and the storage of the oil that they got from the whales and how they did it, the knives and things they cut them open and the videos of actually happening and how they drag, speared them and hauled them into port there and they harvested the whales. 
And they stopped that because the, they dug up oil, they drilled for oil, and, and that became a lot cheaper and uh, more huma- humane, they say. But now they're stopping that. And they're even stopping the gas. Have you heard that lately? In the new suburbs, they're not going to put gas lines in. They're not putting them in. Melbourne and Canberra, and they're stopping that because it's too polluting. So you've got to go electricity. That's what we've been told now. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> go, go green, said Mr Gorbachev. I'm going to read that article to you one day. Who's behind it? Mr Gorbachev. You remember him? Anyway, leave that aside. We're looking at harvest time. <clears throat> God has given us two key verses that Tony has just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Two key verses in the middle of the key chapter on the resurrection or resurrections about his harvest time. Verse 23. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ at his coming, then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he has put down all rule and all authority and all power. And the word there in verse 23, order. Notice that, but every man in his own order. It's a military term which means a company, a troop, a band, or in proper order as these bands come through. You've seen a company, an order of a military, and they come through, and then the next group come through. They might be dressed differently, but they're in their bands, they're in their order. And in verse 23, you have the word afterward. Christ, the first fruit, first fruits, then afterwards. Epitia is the Greek word. It signifies a lapse of time of undesignated duration. And then in verse 24, then cometh the end. Then is etia in the Greek, not tate that could have been used, meaning an interval of time. There is clearly divisions in the resurrections, in the gatherings of God. And as we read other scriptures, and we could go to John's Gospel, for instance, and in chapter 5 and verse 25, we read <clears throat> 25 and following, where it reads, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. That means believing and non-believing people shall hear his voice. And shall come forth, that is, they'll all be raised, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. So there is one, resurrection unto life. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Now some people do put it to say, well, there's just a general one, resurrection. But even in the division there, there is a resurrection to life, or one gathering there, and there's a resurrection of damnation. And as you read through scripture, 
and we could spend the time to go to Acts 24 verse 15 where it talks about these as the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the unjust. It's in the book of Revelation chapter 20 and verses 4 to 6 and 11 to 13 where it talks about it as being the first resurrection and the second resurrection. And blessed is he that hath part in the first resurrection. And then it talks about those that have part in the second resurrection. There, there is none that go to life in the second resurrection. It's just condemnation. It's the second death. And it's terrible. And we'll consider that another day. And we have considered it in other, other sermons in, in times past. But it's a, a horrid, terrible time to look at. And those that are under the condemnation of God. And come to the great white throne judgment and there's just nothing but trembling and condemnation who are involved in the second resurrection. So the first resurrection is a blessed time. Blessed are they that have part in the first resurrection. I pray that everybody here today, everybody listening in to the video, have part in the first resurrection. Be warned if you're not saved, you're not going to be a part of the first resurrection. And in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 2, even in the Old Testament, these are talked about. This division is talked about. It's the resurrection to everlasting life. Daniel 12 verse 2. And in the same verse, it talks about the resurrection to shame and contempt. So there's a blessed resurrection to life and one to shame and contempt. (coughs) Now, we're just going to consider... The resurrection to life. The first resurrection this morning. The first gathering of God. The first resurrection. And last time at Easter, we considered the first part of the first resurrection. You see, the first resurrection has different parts to it as well. So there's a first and second resurrection. The resurrection of the just and the unjust that we've just considered. Uh, the one that you need to be involved with, the first resurrection, and not the second. And the first resurrection has different divisions. And that's what we're looking at this morning. Let's pray before we look at that. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've given us these things in Scripture and that we can compare Scripture with Scripture as we're exhorted to do in the Scriptures that we might come to an understanding of the blessed Word of God. And Lord, thank you that you've given us a warning to flee from the wrath to come and from the judgment to come, that we might be a part of the blessed first resurrection and that we might be given the reward of being part of your family for eternity, of the blessings of heaven, of the benefits bestowed upon us by the grace of God for eternity and Lord if there are those that are listening in today who have not believed on the name of the Son of God the Lord Jesus that today might be the day that they believe by faith and be made partakers of the righteousness of God by faith in Jesus Christ and then that they might work for the Saviour Not for salvation, but because they are saved. And Lord, that they would bring glory to the name of the Lord Jesus. 
And Lord, speak to those who are saved that we might be desirous to do works for you because we love you and want to serve you and want to please you and want to bring glory to your name and want to testify to others and and want to see our friends and our family saved from the wrath to come. Give us an urgency about the hour in which we live as we see things progressing toward a point that you must intervene in this world's affairs. And bless us now as we consider these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we've said, we did consider Christ the firstfruits as is mentioned in in the portion in 1 Corinthians. We'll go back there as the portion that was read this morning, 1 Corinthians 15 in that central resurrection chapter of the Bible. Verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and he's become the firstfruits of them that slept. This happened between 27 and 33 AD. And why do I say between? Well, it depends on when Christ was born. <laughs> and... Uh, There's a debate on that, and it certainly wasn't 33 AD that he died. It was earlier than that because he was born not on the zero. It was prior to that. And uh, anybody that studies history knows that it was earlier than that. And many prophecies in the Old Testament spoke about the Lord Jesus coming. Isaiah prophesied that he would be wounded for our transgression. What portion of scripture is that found in the Old Testament? Isaiah 53. David indicated that soldiers would cast lots for his garments. That's in Psalm 22. And that his hands and feet would be pierced. Psalm 22. Daniel prophesied the very time that Christ would be cut off in Daniel 9:26. But the, there's another prophecy. The third day after Passover was the Jewish feast of first fruits. When a sheaf of the first fruits of the wheat harvest was brought to the temple and would be waved before the Lord. It was on this very day that Christ was the first the first fruits was raised from the dead fulfilling the type of the first fruits wave offering and so that very day that very sunday morning that the priest was well as probably prior to the priest doing that was waving that wave offering before the rent veil and i wonder what he was thinking when he was doing it. what's happened you know the veil is rent and he was waving that first fruits wave offering that Christ was raised from the dead. And we read that verse in verse 20. Now Christ risen, now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them. That was fulfilled. You see, to say that there is a general resurrection is contradicting what has already happened historically. <laughs> that uh, he has been raised, it's, it's already happening. <laughs> Up from the grave he arose, we sing, with a mighty triumph over his foes. 
And if you slip down in those verses to verse 23, as we read, uh, and every man in his own order, in his rank, in his, in his band, as the military term puts it, Christ the firstfruits afterward. So how many years has it been since Christ has been raised? Well, 1,993, I've reckoned, this year at Easter time since Christ has been raised if you say that it was born it was born 4 BC 4 or 5 BC so 1993 years since this first band of resurrected people was when Christ was raised many came out of the graves it says and walked about Jerusalem so this is the first band that were raised at that time Christ the first fruits and those who were raised with him. Then we go on to what we're talking about this morning in those verses there. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Who are they? The main harvest. That's us. And everybody else from that point that have been saved and believed. Are you going to be in the main harvest? Is the combine going to pick you up? <laughs> you know, if it's, a, if it's a dry year, farmers, what do you have to do with the combine, Chris? You have to lower it, don't you? And hopefully you don't get any logs or rocks. You can lower it too low. Or mice this year. I, are they coming south yet? I pray they don't. It's not good, is it, from what I hear on the news, those mouses, <laughs> mice. I don't know what you say. That's a plural of mo- m- mouse is mice, isn't it? <laughs> but um, <clears throat> when the Lord puts in the combine at harvest time, are you going to be in the harvest You can know so, sister. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to hope, do we? we? We know. Because we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can know. We can know because he has promised us, hasn't he? He has said, if you believe, you shall be saved. And let's look at the two portions of scripture that give us that Assurance that it's going to happen and you can be in the harvest. You will be picked up because you're part of the body of Christ. Verse 51 of this same chapter. Let's see a few things about this harvest. There's the interval of time. It's been 1,900 plus years since the first fruits have been raised and taken to glory. The Lord Jesus and those that went with him then. There's the changing in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, as it says in that, those verses. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall, be, we shall not all sleep. We shall not all die, but we shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That is, the living people. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying 
that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Praise God. We should memorize these verses because get ready to say them. <laughs> then we, when this happens, let's be ready to shout it and sing it if we want. <laughs> o death, <laughs> I cheated you. <laughs> o grave, you didn't get me. Where is your victory? <clears throat> um, thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory. Where's the other portion of scripture that speaks of much the same thing that will happen that day? First Thessalonians chapter 4. By the way, I didn't make an announcement that I remembered I should have. <laughs> there is a memory app. Tim, what, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> Matthew. Ah, he can't remember either. What's happening here today? Memory loss. <laughs> They're looking it up. Bible memory. If you want to get involved, go look. Bible memory app. And people are getting involved and accountable within the church. It's been happening for a while now. Okay, you might remember. No. <laughs> I know different ones are on it. And they're, they're being held accountable for memory and, and going and learning memory verses as good, as held accountable and the, and the computer keeps you accountable and each other, so it's good. And some of these verses might be in there, I don't know. <laughs> but <clears throat> these are some key verses to encourage yourself. And the other ones in First Thessalonians chapter 4 where it says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them who are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others who have no hope. Paul was writing to these Thessalonians because some of their beloved had died. Some of the believers had died in their midst and they were saying, well, what's the use of this Christianity thing? I thought we are going to be going up with the Lord and the second coming hasn't happened and now they're dead. What's going to happen to these dead Christians? And so Paul wrote to them and this is part of why he wrote to them. This is what's going to happen to those that have died. That, you know, you're not like non-Christians that you have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again if we're Christians and believers even so them who sleep or who have died in Jesus will God bring with him their soul and spirit for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them who are asleep who have died for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first and be reunited with their soul and spirit that the Lord brings with him. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So see, one day we'll be caught up, <clears throat> or those who are living will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air with all those who have died from Pentecost to that time. And so <clears throat> there's the main harvest happening. It's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15.51 to the end of the chapter and also in 1 Thessalonians to encourage those to keep the faith, to keep stay serving the Lord, and so there's the changing in a moment that's talked about in 1 Corinthians 15 and the comfort to the Thessalonians in chapter 4. Let's just notice a few little things about this. The signlessness of the event. 
no man knows the day nor the hour and because of time we haven't got time <laughs> to look at all these verses but Matthew 24:36 and 15:13 no man knows the day nor the hour it could happen at any time and the way things are <laughs> i just think of it every day i don't know about you but i think of it every day <laughs> It doesn't say we are clueless, for in Hebrews 10.25 it says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, <coughs> but memory loss, help me, but exhorting, yes, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day, as you see the day approaching. It doesn't say we're clueless about it, but it doesn't mean, you know, today we're good as sign and tomorrow is going to happen. <laughs> but we see generally that things are moving apace. But we don't know the day or the hour. <clears throat> the Seventh-day Adventists are pushing and shoving it and pushing it on the radio day after day and they got it all mixed up and muddled completely. But I'm not going to tell you the channel, <laughs> but they got it totally confused and um, <clears throat> on the radio. They're, um, <clears throat> they're, they're, and they're setting dates and it doesn't happen and they're setting another date and another date and another date. Now they've run out of generations and the people who are supposed to have had it happen are all dead because they've run out of time <laughs> and they'll have to be 120 soon and to, to have seen the first thing and, the, and now they've switched it somehow and, oh, and it's just made a mockery of the whole thing and people said yep see <laughs> that's what happens when you set a date so don't go setting dates <laughs> uh, they've mixed, messed up Daniel and other prophecies with it so it's a signless event. What happens when the Lord Jesus comes in Revelation? There's heaps of signs with that. Uh, and it, uh, be a, you'll be able to see it when he comes. In this one, for the church, that's totally different. It's surprising. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, First Thessalonians chapter 5, and you see verse 2 and 4, when he comes for those that have believed on him, for his beloved, for the church. Verse 2, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. That's the beginning of the terrible tribulation. He comes as a thief in the night for his beloved to steal his gems away. And then the terrible time comes. It's <clears throat> surprising to a lost world. He comes to take his believers and then the terrible time comes as a thief. But to... It won't overtake you as a thief, but ye, brethren, in verse 4, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. It's not going to overtake us. <laughs> so it won't be a surprise to us. We're quite alert and awake to that. <laughs> I don't know if, if you've ever thought a thief has been around your house. You know, you've woken up in the middle of a night. <gasps> what was that? Have you ever woken up with a start? Maybe you don't do out, that out in the farms as you don't, don't get a fright. You've got all those dogs at bark. <laughs> but one day I woke up and it was a... <laughs> What's that? <sighs> Give me an awful, 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 awful fright. 
A cat had climbed up the cypress tree at the front, got on the carport, walked up on the roof while it was early in the night and wrapped itself round our chimney where the heater was and stayed warm. And then it must have decided to get up in the middle of the night and in the meantime it set, a frost had set on the roof. And it walked and then it got all the way down the roof. And I was up and where are you? Where are you? <laughs> Don't come to my house. I've got a baseball bat under my bed. I'm a pastor, yeah, but I'm not going to let... <laughs> but you prepare yourself for a thief. Now, pastor murders thief. <laughs> well, you let him murder you or you murder him? I don't know. Anyway, that didn't go out, did it? <laughs> but if you know a thief's coming, you get ready. And this is the thought of this. You prepare. Folks, the world is not prepared for the Lord to come because they've not got faith in the Lord Jesus. That's what they need to do. That's what we need to do, prepare. And as Christians, we need to prepare too. Are we walking or are we going to be caught unawares? You know, we're just saying, oh, well, it's been so long. That's been preached for so many years. I'll just live and eat, drink and be merry. No, no. He could come. We need that. If the Lord set a time for when he was going to come, you know what we would all do? We'd all just live our lives and then a year before we'd start getting spiritual. And the Lord has not set a time so that we'd always be spiritual. We'd always be prepared. We'd always be on our toes. Let's live like he's coming today. Yes, that's what he wants us to do. That's why he said it like he has. It will be sudden. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a phrase I think of, of way back in advertising. And for those who are older, they'll remember this. Up, up and away with... And set A-N-A, I thought it was. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, it was and set A-N-A, but they've gone broke. It's only Qantas now. And, <clears throat> and I, I think of that when I think of the rapture. <laughs> up, up and away. <laughs> up, up and away. It'll be total change so quickly. And let's see what it says. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15... <clears throat> Chapter 15, and look at a couple of the words that are used here. In verse 52, it says, in a moment. The word moment there, guess what that word is in the Greek? Atomos. Ha! Ah, those Greeks were pretty smart. <laughs> they had a word for atom. What was the word? That was the smallest thing that they could think of, the atom, the atom. <laughs> and this is what is used in the Greek to describe the coming of the Lord. In the atom of time, <laughs> the indivisible period of time, when the Lord comes, that's how it will be. Now, you see, today we're smarter. Today we've divided the atom. <laughs> in that day they couldn't. So let's... Well, we're not going to change the Bible, <laughs> but in the split atom of a time, <laughs> we could say today, because we've split the atom and we've got the atomic bomb. <laughs> but in that split atom of time, 
in the indivisible is that what the Greeks were trying that's what this word means in the indivisible part of time the Lord will come you it's like when the Lord's not going to give anybody the time to change their mind when he comes well I I knew about it so I'm going to change my mind mind now and I'm going to believe no it's not going to you're not going to get that opportunity it's going to be sudden it's going to be up and out of here very quickly and notice he uses another phrase to to put emphasis that to that in the twinkling in the twinkling swiftly and that word twinkling in the greek means to hurl to hurl like a javelin to hurl a javelin <clears throat> that's what these two words are used here atom and to hurl and it's going to be not only signless surprising and sudden and swift but it's going to be silent to an unsaved world like Lazarus when he came forth there wasn't rocks banging and splitting and and, and when the Lord came out it was silent it was silent to an unsaved and unsuspecting world but the after effects and Lord willing next week we're going to talk about the after effects of this event they're going to be gigantic gigantic crashes accidents horns blasting <clears throat> engines revving sirens going phones ringing ringing off the hook wailing and weeping within seconds this world is going to be total chaos after this event but for the event total silence if it happened right now, there'd be just a, just a dropping of clothes in this room. If you're here and you're not a believer and you're not a Christian, you'll be absolutely terrified because you'll know from what we've just said what has just happened. If you're a Christian, you won't be here. <laughs> We'll all be through the roof without... I don't believe holes in a roof. I don't know. Some say open graves, burst forth. And I've preached that at, a, at my mum's funeral. <laughs> she burst out of here. What do you think, Pastor McConnell? <laughs> okay, he's going to have holes in the roof. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> It sounds good, <laughs> but silent, and it won't hurt, whatever it is, because there's dozens. <laughs> the, 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 the tomb, when the Lord Jesus was raised, the, was the rock still there? They had to, who's going to roll a rock back? The rock was rolled back. Anyway. <laughs> Lazarus the grave loose him and let him go anyway you can have a look at those that were raised <laughs> selective 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 <clears throat> back to that one verse 13 14 and 16 it says in verse 16 the dead in Christ those in Christ 
in verse 13 and 14, those who sleep in Jesus. You have to be in Christ. You have to be in Christ. And to be in Christ, you must have believed in him. It talks in verse 13 about brethren. It talks in 1 Corinthians 15, 58 about beloved brethren. And so it's those who are Christians only. Christians only. It doesn't talk anywhere about those who have been baptized as infants or as adults. It talks about those in Christ. The thief on the cross. He didn't get baptized, but he was in Christ. Today you will be with me in paradise, the Lord said. Children, and that's a ramification we'll look at next week. What about them? Selective. It's going to be selective. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, he, he said, Lazarus, come forth. If he hadn't said, Lazarus, come forth, what might have happened? Everybody would have come forth (laughs) because he had power. He could, in six days, create the whole world with all the intricacies of, of creation. He could have done it and he could have said it, but he was specific in who he said, come forth. And Lazarus, come forth, came forth. So it was selective. It will be selective. It will be spectacular. To the believer, it will be spectacular. The trumpet, the shout, the voice meeting the Lord in the air for the first time in that atom of a second, as it were. Millions missing. And I believe, as it says in Matthew 24, and some will take issue with this with me, but in verse 38 it says, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women grinding, one in the mill and at the mill, one shall be taken and the other left. I believe this is saying, and this is talking to Israel, I think it will be a sign to Israel. A sign to Israel. You missed the Messiah. And when they see those that supported them, Christians, in at the day they live, do they do they need support? Look at Israel today, being shot at from the north, from the south, and it may start from Jordan and shooting at it from all directions, and if they could from the Mediterranean, who knows that the Russians might start from there because they've got all their submarines out in there now. But one day, as Ezekiel 37, 38, they're going to be shooting at them from every direction, from Sudan, from down south, from the north, from Russia and Syria and Turkey, all at them, two-thirds of them, they're going to be killed. That's when they'll call on the Lord. But they need help. And Christians are praying for them. Christians are trying to testify to them. Believe on Jesus, your Messiah. What's going to bring them to repentance? It's when they're under the hammer. But it's a sign to Israel when Christians all go missing, all their friends go missing. They that pray for them go missing. And that they may turn to the Lord and trust in the Lord Jesus. 
and <clears throat> it's going to be a spectacular event for the world. It's going to be sequential. It's like a rapid gunfire where there's the return, the resurrection, the rapture, redemption completed. Look at Romans says in chapter 8 and verse 23. This is what is fulfilled when this occur this happens when the main harvest occurs and not only they but ourselves also who have the first fruits of the spirit they is creation but ourselves Christians who have the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption that is the redemption of our body redemption is completed then the body is redeemed no more desire to sin no more pain and suffering no more visits to the doctor or to the specialist all of those things done with <clears throat> Emma who's visiting with us today <clears throat> showed me a, a video of a long time ago <laughs> and she said Can you, do you know who that person is which one of your brothers is that is that you? <laughs> and it was so long ago I couldn't identify. Well, it was a bit blurry too, the, some of the pictures of the people running around in it <laughs> on the machines. Yep, we'll be young like that again <laughs> one day. <laughs> I'll have some dark hair, and some of you will have hair. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I better not look. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be young again. Why not be good? <laughs> to be able to get up in the morning. You won't have to even get up because you'll be able to stay up all day and all night. We've no night there either. It'll just be one glorious day to be with the Lord and uh, not have to take meals, but to even be able to eat. <laughs> what a day it'll be. Um, this is going to be good. <laughs> As it says in First Thessalonians 4.15, this we say unto you, not by my word, but by the word of the Lord. This is sure. This is sure. This is not what I say. This is what God said. <laughs> this is a sure word. The main harvest. These are the things that will happen. <clears throat> Notice the word of, this is a word of comfort to them and a word of comfort to us. In verse 18, of First Thessalonians 4. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We ought to be able to do that with the days that are testing and trying us today. Comfort one another with these words. Let's just lastly, well, <clears throat> I'll mention before we go there, the gleanings. Uh, let's not leave them out. <laughs> that are involved in the first resurrection. They're the tribulation saints. We haven't time to read about them, but you can in Revelation chapter 7. The tribulation saints, they, they're in the millions and millions. You read about them, they, no man could number it, says. You try to count, and it's like counting sheep. Oh, don't run there. I need to count. You stay there <laughs> as, you, as they run past. And millions of people. And the Old Testament saints. And, and Daniel in verse 13 of the last chapter of Daniel, of chapter 12, he said, God said to Daniel, go stand in thy lot. 
like you're in that lot, you're in that troop, you're in that band until the last day. You're in that resurrection band until the last day, Daniel. You'll be resurrected. Just be patient, wait in your lot. The gleaning. So there's the, the first fruits the Lord Jesus was raised in and, and those at that time. The main harvest, then the gleanings, the, those that ripened later, the tribulation ones. But let's just do a comparison between First Thessalonians. Keep your hand in that and go to John's Gospel. That portion we go to in chapter 14 of John. Chapter 14. And someone did a comparison. Charles Fuller did a comparison here. And just see some comparison as we close this morning. The Lord's words of encouragement in chapter 14 of John's Gospel, where he said, I will come again. An encouragement to keep on going to his disciples. They're matched by Paul's explanation in verse 16 of chapter 4 of Thessalonians. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven. <coughs> from heaven. <coughs> That's the comparison in the two portions of scripture. And then there's the Lord's promise in John's Gospel, 14 verse 3. I will receive you unto myself. I'm going to take you to myself. It's matched by Paul's explanation there in Thessalonians. Then we shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. So I will receive you to myself, we'll be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. If we're, if we're alive, we'll meet him for the first time in the air. If we have passed away, we'll have met him when we've passed away, of course. But in our, if we've passed away <clears throat> in our body, reunited with our soul and spirit, we'll meet him in the air. Um, <clears throat> that where I am in John's gospel there ye may be also <laughs> to meet the Lord in the air yes there, and, and the Lord's announcement let not your heart be troubled in verse 1 of John is matched by Paul's wherefore comfort one another with these words they go Together, as you compare the two portions of Scripture, these are comforting words. They're words that are, are given to maybe in troublesome times to lift us and to encourage us. We do live in troublesome times. And I, I'm noticing that in our world, in the churches we associate with, and in other churches, troublesome times are here. I don't know if you heard the news that. In Queensland, the Presbyterian Church of Queensland has declared bankruptcy. And I thought, how can that happen? And an unsaved commentator said, how can that be that a church who is not taxed can go bankrupt? And it involves all the old people's homes and everything else. And there's a whole lot of ramifications for that. <clears throat> if we declared bankruptcy, we'd just our church 
don't worry, we're... As far as I know, we're not bankrupt. <laughs> but the sort of things that are happening in churches and amongst churches, it's frightening to see what's going on. Pray to God that we stay faithful and true to him and be encouraged by his word. The main harvest, <laughs> the coming of the Lord for the church, is a great and encouraging thing. You know... You could say, oh, that's escapism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to escape out of here. <laughs> and we won't have to worry about tomorrow. <laughs> but even if we have to face tomorrow, God give us strength to face tomorrow and the troubles and tribulations of it. But that we'd be true soldiers of the Lord Jesus and that we wouldn't faint nor falter in our faith in him. Isn't that true? Give us, and if it be like saints of old that we have to go through the fire and go through the flame that we would be true and say, you know, like Shadrach, Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, if we, if king, if we've got to go to the flames, if we be saved from it or burn in it, we're going to serve God. We're not going to bow. Isn't that true? <laughs> Let's do it for the Lord, for his glory. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your encouragement, Lord, from the word. Thank you for your promise that you're going to come and you're going to gather us together into your fold for your glory. I pray that we would live every day like it was going to happen today, but we'd plan like it wasn't happening in our lifetime. And, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and guidance. And that we'll be faithful to you and give glory and praise to you all of our lifetime. Lord, we pray for those that are not saved and not believing. We urge upon them to believe and not to say, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things have continued as they were from the beginning of creation. A fatal mistake fatal in thinking and behaving that way because one day it will happen and it will come to pass as sure as your word is written it will happen lord bless those that have been faithful and true to your word and may we continue to be so until you come in jesus name we pray amen